48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The Justice Secretary comes under scrutiny over allegations of undisclosed private work. Beijing warns Germany against interfering in China's internal matters after two Hong Kong activists say Berlin granted them refugee status. And the government lays out an important legal appeal over a tuna sandwich. Secretary for Justice Theresa Cheng has sidestepped questions over whether she failed to disclose her involvement in three arbitration cases before taking up her post in January last year. Ms Cheng was given approval by the chief executive to finish handling six other cases during her term. But the Apple Daily newspaper reported Ms Cheng did not resign from three additional cases, despite saying so in an interview last year. This morning, Ms Cheng said it was true the three cases were ongoing, but she was no longer involved. In all those three cases, I have well resigned as arbitrator and I'm no longer arbitrator in those cases. Those cases are still ongoing because the fact that I've resigned and a new arbitrator is appointed to replace my, uh, my role uh, will, of course, allow the parties to continue to have their disputes resolved under the relevant rules. So uh, those three cases continue, but I am not the arbitrator. And there is, if there is any reporting that I have not resigned from those three cases, they are wrong. The convener of the Pandemocrats, Claudia Moe, said it's unacceptable for the Secretary of Justice to be involved in another scandal following the controversy over illegal structures at her home. She said Ms Cheng owes the public a clear and thorough explanation. It's very sad for our uh, Secretary for Justice. She was up there to look after Hong Kong's uh, uh, judicial system on the prosecution side and yet uh, she's been lacking credibility all this time practically ever since she took office and now yet another uh, skeleton uh, from her closet and uh, this is more than uh, disheartening. The head of the Journalists Association, Chris Young, says Beijing officials here have given a very bad impression for trying to influence how foreign media report on controversial amendments to the extradition law. The Office of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs says at Tuesday's meeting it told journalists to inject positive energy into their reporting of the proposed law. Mr Young said this reflects a long-term problem of Beijing being unable to accept that in Hong Kong and the West, the media play a different role to that on the mainland. They don't have the idea that press is an independent arm of the society, what we call the fourth power in the society, that monitors, that supervises both the other three powers. And secondly, that's the way they did in the mainland. The media in the mainland largely controlled by the authorities. And I think increasingly, they think that the media in Hong Kong should play the same role in helping the government. Meanwhile, Beijing has warned Germany against indulging criminals and interfering with Hong Kong's affairs and China's internal matters after two activists said Berlin granted them refugee status. Ray Wong and Alan Lee skipped bail in 2017 after they were charged over the Hong Kong riot. The Office of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here said it was seriously concerned about the matter and Germany should follow international laws and respect Hong Kong's rule of law and judicial independence. 
DAB lawmaker Holden Chow has proposed a question-and-answer session with relevant officials to allay legislators' fears over moving the extradition bill to the full council. He called on opposition lawmakers not to disrupt or filibuster a House committee meeting this afternoon, which will discuss whether to bypass the bill's committee and allow the full council to vet the controversial proposal. Mr Chow said legislators didn't need to worry. To address the concern of people um, wondering how to propose the questions or have a sort of Q&A sessions. I think one of the solutions, possible solution, is to arrange a sort of meeting under panels, for example, the security panel, uh, to invite officials to come up to LESCO and to carry out a sort of a Q&A sessions to answer questions uh, made or proposed by LESCO members. The government is seeking to appeal against a ruling in favour of League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng over a sandwich-throwing incident involving former chief executive C.Y. Leung, saying that important legal arguments are at, ri- at risk. Wendy Wong has more. In March, Avery Ng won an appeal against a common assault conviction for which he was given a three-month jail term in 2017. The incident happened during a protest in 2016. Mr Ng threw a sandwich in the direction of Siwa Leung, but it missed him, hitting a police officer instead. However, Justice Joseph Yao quashed the conviction on appeal, saying it's not safe. He looked at that news footage, showed the officer looked relaxed when the incident happened, and it was unclear whether the sandwich would have made contact with the officer if he hadn't deliberately extended his arm to block it. But government lawyer Ned Lai told the High Court today that this matter was not raised by the prosecution or the defence in the original trial and the appeal. He said the two sides should have been given a chance to respond to the matter in both hearings. Mr Lai said this is a point of law of great and general importance and reasonably debatable. Mr Justice Yao said he would rule at a later date whether the government could proceed with the appeal. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Jung, says it takes a global concerted effort to combat climate change as the issue has no boundaries and affects all countries and regions. He said there needs to be stronger partnerships between various sectors. Speaking to a conference on climate change hosted by the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors, Mr Jung said the government was focusing on energy consumption in buildings. As the bulk of our energy consumption is still not carbon-free, we must also reduce consumption if we are to come back the negative impact of climate change. In Hong Kong, buildings account for about 90% of the electricity used and over 60% of our carbon emissions. Promoting energy saving in buildings is therefore obviously our top priority. The first same-sex weddings are taking place in Taiwan on the day that gay marriage became legal. Officials expect about 300 couples to register today, half of them in the capital Taipei, where an outdoor party has been organised to celebrate the occasion. A parliamentary vote a week ago made Taiwan the first place in Asia to permit same-sex marriage. Here's the BBC's Cindy Su in Taipei. This is the first time that their same-sex couples are able to do this in Taiwan. So couples are quite excited there. Uh, they're dressed in uh, white uh, wedding gowns or uh, tuxedos, and some of them have brought flowers. They're smiling for the, the dozens of media you know, cameras that have gathered here at this household registration office, and they're getting their, their registration of their marriage. President Trump has announced a $16 billion bailout for U.S. farmers who've been hit by the trade war with China. He said it would help keep what he called America's cherished farms thriving. 
We're getting hundreds of billions of dollars coming into our country. And I'm helping the farmers. But you know what? That help is a very temporary help because they'll pay it back a hundred times over. They will with what they do, with the importance of what they do. Retaliatory tariffs imposed by Beijing have reduced income for much of U.S. agriculture. Meanwhile, President Trump has for the first time linked a dispute over the telecom giant Huawei with a deal to resolve the the trade war. He told reporters at the White House there was a good possibility that Washington would reach an agreement with Beijing and it was possible that Huawei would be included in the deal. His comments contradict the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who said hours earlier that Huawei and the trade issue were not linked. The U.S. has blacklisted Huawei over fears that China uses it as a tool for espionage, while Beijing has accused Washington of bullying the firm. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has been charged with violating the U.S. Espionage Act by publishing hundreds of thousands of classified military and diplomatic documents in 2010. He faces 17 new charges, including helping the former Army Intelligence Officer Chelsea Manning to steal secret files. Many of the charges carry prison sentences of five to ten years. WikiLeaks has described the new indictment as an attack on free speech. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler in Washington. He did face one charge already in terms of hacking, and that was about helping Chelsea Manning access government computers and really get access to a lot of information. But now he faces these charges which are connected to the Espionage Act, essentially making one charge into 18. And according to the actual charge sheet, what he's essentially charged is is giving the unredacted names of human sources, including journalists, religious leaders, human rights advocates and political dissidents from repressive regimes. The verbal sparring between President Trump and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has escalated. Ms Pelosi began by accusing the President of throwing a temper tantrum, saying he was angry that the Democrats were not trying to impeach him. She said she wished Mr Trump's family or staff would stage an intervention for the good of the United States. Mr Trump hit back, claiming she was incapable of understanding the details of a proposed new trade deal with Canada and Mexico. I walked into the cabinet room. You had the uh, the group, crying Chuck, crazy Nancy. I tell you what, I've been watching her. She's not the same person. She's lost it. But whether or not uh, Pelosi understands it or whether... I don't think she's capable right now of understanding it. I think she's got a lot of problems. The American entrepreneur Elon Musk has begun to roll out his multi-billion dollar internet by satellite project. His SpaceX company has just launched 60 satellites into orbit capable of delivering broadband to people on Earth, part of a global network he's calling Starlink. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. With half the world's population still unable to access the internet and the opportunities that affords, there's a rush of companies looking to offer inexpensive broadband via satellite. Elon Musk's Starlink project is certainly the most ambitious. There are only 2,000 satellites of all uses in operation today and the SpaceX CEO wants to put up six times this number just to provide internet connections. But the Starlink project will be challenging. It'll cost a lot of money and Mr Musk will also have to win over those who worry that orbital highways will get too congested. The World Health Organization has backed measures aimed at combating antimicrobial resistance, a process by which antibiotics and other treatments lose their effectiveness. From Geneva, here's the BBC's Imogen Folks. The WHO's member states know that antimicrobial resistance has to be a global health priority. 
It already claims 700,000 lives a year, but new drugs to replace the ones which have become ineffective are not coming onto the market fast enough. The measures approved today include stricter guidelines on the use of existing antibiotics, more control of their use in agriculture, plans for increased research funding for new treatments and a global approach to tracking drug resistance. To sport and in the NBA playoffs, the top-ranked Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors are about to play a crucial Game 5 of their Eastern Conference final series. The Bucks are looking to respond after dropping the last two games on the road, allowing the Raptors to tie the series. If the Raptors win today, they can close it out in the next game back home. Game 5 tips off in the next hour in Milwaukee. The president of the French football champions Paris Saint-Germain, Nasser Al-Khalafi, is under formal investigation in France for alleged corruption relating to Doha's bid to host the IAAF World Athletics Championships in 2017 and 2019. More details from the BBC's Shojo Saka. The corruption charges against PSG's President Nasser Al-Khalafi relates to two Qatari bids to host the World Athletics Championship. Firstly, in 2017, that event was given to London. The second event in question is the 2019 Championship that will be held in Qatar later this year. Now, Mr Khalafi, who's also the boss of the Qatari TV channel Be In Sports, has been under investigation since March. Two payments totaling $3.5 million made in 2011 are under scrutiny. It's alleged that these payments were made by a sports investment firm jointly owned by Nasser Al-Khalafi and his brother to a firm run by the son of Lamine Diak. Now, Diak is a former president of the IAAF, World Athletics Governing Body. He was charged with corruption in March in relation to this case, while an arrest warrant has been issued for his Senegal-based son, Papa Masata Diak. A lawyer for Mr Khalafi has denied any wrongdoing on the part of his client, saying that any payments were fully transparent. And the local football season's finale is a showdown between Kitchi and Southern in the Hong Kong FA Cup. The final will be played tomorrow at the Hong Kong Stadium. Kitchi have won the FA Cup five times, while Southern are seeking their first title. The winners will earn a place in the AFC Cup next season. Our football commentator, Chris K.L. Lau, says it could be the last game for Kitchi before big changes in the off-season. Yeah, the FA Cup final could be the last game for the club for many of the Kitchi players. Rumours are swirling around of an exit of the players and a rebuilding process. The thing is, many of Kitchi's overseas players, they've been in Hong Kong for so long, they've become local players, so they've been here for seven years. This has served Kitchi very well, and many of them, unfortunately, are not young anymore. So basically, Kitchi have not had the greatest of seasons, and their standards have been slightly lower. The days of Champions League football and Diego Forlan seem a long time ago. They do have some young players coming up, so I guess this will be a summer transition for them. And that's the latest news from RTHK.